Good morning. Morning, Ronnie. Good to see you. I see your emoticon. <laughs> Good morning, Riles family. Thanks for being here this morning. We have a lot to cover today, and I thank you for being here. We got on just a little bit early just so I could get allow for other people to join us as well, too. I'm going to present today's music selection. Um, it is uh, Marvin Sapp, uh, Praise Him in Advance. So while the music's playing, I'm going to let people jump on, and we'll be saying good morning to everyone at the same time. So um, we'll go ahead and do that now, and uh, thanks again for being here. Lots to cover today. I put the fan on. So. 
Okay, so that was uh, Marvin Sapp, Praise Him in Advance, is the name of the song. Um, we allow that music to play for people to jump on and get on with us uh, while they're uh, getting together in the morning, uh, having their first cup of coffee. Thanks for being here this morning. Good morning. Uh, it's 934. Welcome to Sunday School, uh, broadcasting live from Little York, Ohio. Uh, that's a, a little... <laughs> my wife is shaking her head <laughs> so with that in mind we do have a lot to cover today um, I want to make some announcements before we get started with the lesson the um, first of all Gus's uh, surgery uh, he was scheduled to have it tomorrow it's been put off until this coming Thursday Thursday July the 9th so we know how to pray amen uh, we know how to pray for him and his uh, 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 condition and have for his healing for the surgeons to work through and that's something that uh, uh, I just challenge all of you off and on to be doing um, I'm mentioning it now that the surgery will not be tomorrow but it will be on Thursday um, there is a plan um, to uh, have communion um, and we will be having a communion uh, the first Sunday in August but we will not be uh, presenting the elements for the people to use it um, at our drive-in service I, I'm going to surmise we'll still be outside but we're going to ask people who want to participate with us for communion in August from the first Sunday in August to bring their own crackers bring their own juice um, and you can participate with us that way we won't have to handle anything but that's something that was uh, come up with uh, between discussion with uh, Gus and the elders the other day so that's something to look forward to for August today we'll, we'll be, we will be meeting out front in the church uh, on the front lawn um, the grass is dry. It's, uh, there will be some shade out there, which will be nice as well, too. And um, all I can tell you is dress comfortably for those of you who are coming. Uh, because uh, if you've got some off and bug repellent, that might be a good idea, too, uh, to use that as well. Um, and drink and stay hydrated. Drink water. Um, uh, because the, the temperature is going to be in the upper 80s. It's going to be humid. Uh, but it, we will be still praising the Lord together as a church outside. Um, bring your lawn chairs, and we look forward to seeing you in just a little while from now. That is the; Those are the issues of housekeeping. Um, please remember the offerings as well, too. Uh, offerings at the side of the church in the box uh, if you're coming to church. And at the end of uh, today's uh, lesson, I'll make sure to give you the mailing address for those who want to mail their payment, their payment, mail their tithing, their offering in. That's not a payment. Uh, it's an offering. So make sure you remember that. So with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and get started with the lesson. It is a great lesson. Uh, in the book of Philippians, we are resuming our discussion in book uh, chapter 3, uh, verse 12, through chapter 4, verse 1. Uh, for the sake of continuity, that's why that is broken up that way. So if you can turn your Bibles, your electronic devices, to Philippians chapter 3, uh, verse 12. And we will start there and continue on through verse 1 of chapter 4. And for all those who jumped on this morning, good morning. Good morning, Angie. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, we appreciate your being here today. Um, I wish we could be more interactive. Um, uh, one of these days, there may be a Bible study that we'll actually talk about doing and doing it through a, uh, a Zoom meeting or something like that. We'll have to see how that works out. Uh, logistically, that's... Uh, can be a challenge, but it's not impossible. Um, so we'll see how that goes. 
but those are all things that we're kind of kicking around in our heads right now because um, the way I'm seeing it, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, the way we do church has kind of changed a little bit. Um, uh, well, it's changed a lot, uh, but, but we're going to make sure that we are looking at all those options. Let's start with verse 12 of Philippians chapter 3 and continue reading. Please follow along. Not that I have already reached the goal or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching toward, reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. Verse 17. Join in, in imitating me, brothers and sisters, and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us. For I have often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their stomach, their glory is in their shame. They are focused on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. So then, my dearly loved and longed-for brothers and sisters, my joy and crown in this manner, stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. Okay, very rich passage. The theme of this passage uh, for those who are wondering is about pressing on toward the goal because that is something that we're all going to be doing and we're all going to be doing for the rest of our lives is to be pressing on for the goal. And what is the goal? The goal is to attain the highest possible level of maturity as believers in Jesus Christ while we are still here on earth. The highest possible level. And I have to say highest possible because we don't want to limit anyone in thinking that they are going to be hampered in any way, shape, or form as long as they're focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ. You may even be surprised by how much Jesus matures you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, we, this perfection that is mentioned in verse number 12 is not perfection as in never doing anything wrong because we already know that in our flesh we're going to do things wrong. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to sin. And we'll discuss that in our sermon a little bit later on as well, too. Uh, the importance of understanding that we are imperfect and we're trying to get to that place where uh, Paul is mentioning here about perfection, but that's about maturity. Maturity. Uh, maturity in Jesus Christ. Um, Paul, in verse 12, verses 12 through 14, mentions very clearly that uh, his goal is to know Christ. Um, do me a favor and please turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Uh, I want to mention uh, about this thing about being perfect and how do we go ahead and how do we pursue this perfection, uh, this maturity that is being referred to in uh, this passage. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12. Um, 
is something that will be very familiar to all of us uh, as far as what we should be looking at doing. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So we're talking about fighting the good fight. Well, fighting the good fight takes effort. It takes resolve. It starts with initiative. It's something that you have to do. No one else can do this fighting the good fight fight except for you. It has to be an action that you have to take on yourself. You're taking hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. For those of us who made that public declaration of uh, knowing Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, it started there. It started with that conversion, and it started with that effort to recognize that. You may have been baptized shortly after that, just like I was when I became a believer. I was baptized a couple of weeks later in church. And that's a public confession that you're making, that you are making an effort to live for Jesus Christ. And I think people sometimes don't realize or recognize that that public confession is supposed to be a testimony before others. And so as people look at your life, they should see evidence of growth in your life as you are making that effort. And what Paul is saying in the passage, by the way, just to, to let you know, he, he is saying very clearly in verse 13, brothers and sisters, uh, back in Philippians chapter 3, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Again, I pursue as my goal the prize. So there's a prize. There is something that we are looking forward to. And we need to understand that this is something that takes a lot of effort. This goal that Paul is talking about takes a lot of energy. It's an example for us. Don't take your focus off your goals. The moment you take your focus off of your goals, that is when you become uh, erratic in your efforts to try to mature in Christ. Your goal is to do what? Know Jesus Christ to the best possible way, in the best possible way that you can. Knowing him. And knowing him means a regular practice of reading his word, studying his word, trusting in his word, following his word and staying obedient to his word and all of those things will help you in the process of knowing Christ because he wants to teach you these things his life was lived if you read the four gospels as an example for all of us as to how we're supposed to, we're supposed to live so and understand something if there's a goal if you're an athlete in training and you have a goal your goal is to what to win your goal is to win you're not playing as an athlete just to say, well, I just showed up and I'm going to, you know, uh, score a point here, a point there. No, your goal is to win. Your goal is to win the whole thing. You're not playing. You've heard the old terminology in sports, especially that prevent defense that sometimes teams put up at the end of the game to try to prevent the other team from scoring. Um, you're playing to win. You're not playing to not lose there is a difference in the terminology 
The difference in the terminology means that you are sincerely focused on winning. Winning means in this particular situation, knowing Christ to the best of your ability. You need to do all of those things. And also, don't remember Paul mentioned here about not dwelling on the past. You know, Paul had a lot of reasons to dwell on the past if he wanted to. Because he was one of those chief sinners that we talk about in Scripture. But let's take a look at Luke chapter 9 real quick. I'm going to give you Luke 9, verse 62. something that Jesus said that was very important and what we have to understand is that if we are making a commitment to do something there is a cost for it and the cost will involve frankly doing something in such a way where we have to look forward we can't dwell on the past very interesting uh, passage here verse 62 of Luke 9 Jesus said to him no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Strong words, aren't they? Um, Looking back, what basically it means is that you are taking your focus off of what's important. If you're dwelling on things of the past that are going to hamper your effort to truly mature in Christ, dwelling on those things where you've been hurt, dwelling on those things where you've hurt others, dwelling on those things, God has already forgiven you if you've sincerely sought him out for forgiveness for those things that you've done. He's already forgiven you. There's no need to go back and dwell over those things over and over again. If you truly know of his character, you understand that any sin that you take to him, he forgives you. He forgives you. And so rather than dwelling on those things that you may have done, like Paul was referring to, frankly, when he was uh, involved with stoning Stephen, uh, back in, if you read in Acts chapter 7, um, He was called Saul then, of course, but he was talking about that very issue, and he was talking about those other things that he's done, and, you know, there's all things that we've done that we're ashamed of. Amen? There's no one here, there's no one online, there's no one on this earth that has not done something that we basically look back on it and say, man, that was a really rotten thing that we did. That was a terrible thing that we've done. But understand what he's saying here. He doesn't want you necessarily to forget about those bad things but he does want you to focus on what's important right now and that's moving forward if you've been forgiven you're going to make sure that you're doing everything you can to not dwell in the past and mature so that you don't do those things again that's exactly what he wants you to focus on forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead and pursuing the goal don't let guilt hamper you in your effort to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let guilt, don't let those things that would basically tear you down from the inside out and keep you from not focusing on God's goodness. Remember, it's really a really sad thing if you wind up just wondering, why did Jesus save me? If you have to ask those questions, you're not understanding completely who what God's character is. God already knew who you were before you knew who you were. So it's now a time for you to come back and say, look, Lord, use me in the way you would have me to be used. And that's exactly what Paul is doing here, even in the midst of being in prison, even in the midst of being in jail. He is learning, even as he is sitting and writing this letter to the Philippians. He's learning at this point about what it is to be mature. And 
that's something that's very important for us to see. I had one other passage here. Let me make sure this is what I wanted. Hebrews 6.1. Hebrews 6.1. We are in the process of believers in growing up. If we haven't learned anything over the last few months, we've had some growing up to do, and we're still growing up, and we're still learning. And it's important for us to grow up for the simple reason that we have a lot of people around us who aren't growing up or are still asking questions or wondering what's going on. And so God has appointed us, let's just say us, he has appointed us to be those people to steer people in the proper direction as to where they should go. And that is a great, great responsibility. Um, have you ever looked at being a believer as being a responsibility? That once you become a believer, then you have things that you need to do to remain strong in the faith. And there's a responsibility behind that. Hebrews 6.1 specifically says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. So let's go back to what it says there. The key element here is leaving the elementary doctrine of Christ, which is what? Understanding that Jesus is Lord. It's the basics. It's the good news. It's the gospel. It's something that we all understood when we first became believers. But now we need to grow and mature beyond just that statement. It doesn't minimize the statement. The statement's important. But now we need to mature beyond that and go and look at what we should still be doing to help us to go forward and press on toward this goal. That's something that's very important for us to see. And just getting back one more point about remembering that we have a life of faith and obedience ahead of us. We're forgetting about the past and moving forward and maturing in this faith and in this obedience. That is what we need to do. That is where we need to be in this entire process. And I hope you can see that. Let's go to verse 15 back in Philippians chapter 3. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. Now, remember how we said, you know, just like an athlete is in training, it can be very exhausting in the process of pursuing your goal. And sometimes this whole thing about being a Christian and being a what we would call a perfect Christian, which really means mature Christian, it can be very difficult. It can leave us drained. It can leave us discouraged. We can feel as though we're basically trudging, you know, trudging along in mud. You know, you've got your car stuck in a ditch somewhere and you can't push it out. Someone has to help you push out. And that's fine. You know, that what that means is, is that we as believers, we are not on an island. If we need help with something, we need to start asking people for help. You can't do this all by yourself. Certainly, you can do it. You can't do it by yourself because the Holy Spirit has to be uh, the one who helps you with this maturity process. But there are times when some of us swallow, you know, need to swallow our pride and call on somebody if they need something. We should be praying for each other. We should be uplifting each other. 
That's the whole purpose of going to church, everybody. The whole purpose of going to church is to be uplifted by others as we go out and, and do our thing. We need to make sure that we're doing all of those things as we, as we move forward. We are far from perfect, but that doesn't mean that we need to stay in our imperfection. God is calling us to do much more. He wants us to be mature and complete. We're not flawless. We make mistakes, like I said before. But we need to press on in the power of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? If the Holy Spirit says to me, for example, talk to Lynn about what's going on. I should be listening to what the Spirit is saying and sharing with what's going on. If something is bothering me, I need to let her know. And the same thing would go for her as well, too. And for those of you who don't have spouses or don't have people you can reach out to, you have a church family that you can reach out to if you need help about something. To help you in this whole process of being obedient and having faith and maturing, that's exactly what you need to be doing. So these are all things we need to keep in mind. You have tremendous helps in your midst if you're willing to step out Step away from being prideful about it and not wanting to share with someone and just trust in the Lord Jesus Christ of the people that he puts in your life. That is so, so important. Uh, I can't stress to you enough how important that is. And that's all about being mature. Understand the maturing process. Sometimes the maturing process means you talk to other people. That's exactly what it is. It's about being mature. Being mature in the, in the, in the faith. Being mature. When Jesus was speaking to his disciples, guess what he was doing? He was teaching them, but he was also sharing with them. He was communicating with them what was very important and giving them examples as to what they should be doing as well as they move forward. So all of these things are applicable here to this message on pressing toward the goal. That's very important for us in maturity. And one thing I'll just mention really quick, too. If anyone has any questions about what we're talking about or discussing... Um, obviously, you can make a mention of it in the comments as you're sending comments to us. Or you can circle with us on the, in, on the back end and talk to us about these things and just write me a note or write a note to Lynn or whoever. And we can do some additional research or do some additional discussion about those things because it's very important for us in maturing that we are digging as deeply as we can into the understanding of what Scripture has to say. We have a lot of surfacey people who can read a passage... And they may even be able to quote the passage, but if you ask them what it means, they'll go, huh? Or they won't be able to answer the question uh, properly because there's a lack of knowledge and understanding that's coming with that. We don't need people who can memorize Scripture but can't articulate Scripture and what it means. We need people who sincerely are seeking the Lord, asking the Lord, for que asking the Lord questions, asking others questions, and it says, basically, you want to make sure that you pay attention to those people in your life that can help you and that you can emulate as far as how their lives are being led if they're living in such a way where they're living for the Lord. Now, Paul mentions all of this and gives us the reminder later on in the passage in Philippians uh, chapter 3. He is speaking, uh, if you go down to verse 17 where he says join in imitating me brothers and sisters back to philippians chapter 3 sorry about that verse 17 join in imitating me brothers and sisters and pay careful attention to those who live according to the example you have in us which is exactly what i just said the people living like you 
are people you need to surround yourself with all the time. You need to make sure that you're following those individuals. And then verse 18, he makes a very sobering comment. For I have often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the crossed cross of Christ. And he's saying that because that means there are people that he has come across in his life that, frankly, maybe had talked as though they were sincerely following the Lord Jesus Christ. But when it came right down to it, they betrayed Christ or they turned away from Christ. They are looking, they were doing something that, for whatever reason, they just were two-faced, they were insincere, and frankly, we know people in our lives like that. And thank God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, for that discernment, because we've made decisions and we've looked at these situations where we need to understand that there are people in our lives that we will run across who are insincere in their faith. And that discernment you need to pray for discernment if you don't have that gift of discernment already. But pray for discernment that you can indeed determine who these people are because you don't need them in your life. If they're not following Christ, what would you be emulating? Are you going to emulate um, their behavior? Are you going to do those things that are going to be less than satisfying um, when it comes to pleasing God? You don't want those people in your life. Um, Paul was criticizing... The people, the Judaizers, um, the people who were Jews, but also the self-indulgent Christians, the people who claimed to be Christians, but they weren't living up to Christ's model of servanthood and self-sacrifice. Remember, we're living lives of self-sacrifice. In order to attain this goal of maturity, we have to sacrifice. We have to sacrifice um, some things that we enjoy doing, frankly. Uh, we have to sacrifice those things that uh, are going to get in the way of our goal. If there are some things we need to be doing, we need to focus on those things. It doesn't mean you can't live your life and enjoy it, but there are some things in your life that you'll have to sacrifice. Now, I'm not going to get into what those things are because you have to make that determination yourself. But ask yourself the question, is what you're doing in your life right now, is it pleasing God or is it uh -huh, indifferent? And you have to understand that if your goal is to attain maturity in Christ... Perhaps those things that are, you know, come see, come saw, not necessarily something that is some pleasing to God, maybe those things need to be put aside, even though you might like them. So that's just something to keep in mind as we look forward here. And understand that Paul is very clear about those people who are false when it comes to the Lord. Their end, in verse 19 of Philippians 3, their end is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. They are focused, focused on earthly things. And that's the difference. Earthly things versus godly things versus heavenly things. These are things that we need to look at. I have another passage to look at here. It's going to be Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. And we're going to look at verses 5 and 6. Romans 8, verses 5 and 6. And this is specifically referring to this passage that Paul talks about the end for those individuals who are uh, insincere and not following Christ. They're destroying themselves. They're destroying themselves. Um, the wages of sin is what? Death. 
Um, that's something that is mentioned in Romans 6, which what we will be also mentioning uh, later on in today's message. But their way is by a way of death. That's the end game for those individuals. But Romans 8, 5, and 6 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. So there's a very clear choice, isn't there? If those things of the flesh are only going to lead to fleshly behaviors, fleshly mannerisms, fleshly attitudes, your heart will not be the heart of flesh that God speaks of in the passage that truly is moldable and shapeable as a different reference of the word flesh, but you have a heart of stone. And that means that you can't be taught anything. You don't want to learn anything. You would much rather go the way of the flesh rather than focus on what Jesus would have you to do in following the, following the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what that passage represents. And I think we sometimes take words that are used because of the English interpretation about a heart of flesh versus a heart of stone. A heart of flesh means a heart that is moldable and shapeable in the ways of how you look to the Lord. And the heart of stone is the one that you can't deal with this person. This person doesn't want to be taught anything. And that's something that, again, when we look at what Scripture says and go from passage to passage, we need to point out the consistencies in Scripture, even though the word may not exactly be what you would expect it to be. So that's very important for us to see as we look at these passages. But keep in mind, verse 20 in Philippians 3 addresses this very thing about setting your mind on the spirit, the spirit rather than on the flesh. It says in verse 20, back in Philippians 3, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. That is your goal. The citizenship in heaven is what you want. The citizenship in heaven is what we're striving for. Now, even though we've already attained it because we're already saved, there is still a responsibility that comes with this salvation. And that's what people need to understand. It's not, I'm saved, that's it. I can go on and do whatever I want. And, and the passages today that we'll be looking at later will say, you don't want to sin. You're not going to make an effort to sin just because you have faith in Jesus Christ. You're going to want to strive to attain more. How do you strive to attain more? You go like an athlete in training, and you stay focused on the prize. You stay focused on the goal, that perfection being in maturity. Maturity in the Lord Jesus Christ. Understand that they're going to have people in, you're going to have people in your life that are going to want to satisfy their own desires rather than satisfy or look to the needs of others. Uh, it'll be very apparent. And it's very important here. I have a note here. Freedom in Christ does not mean freedom to be selfish. Plain and simple. It doesn't mean you're free to be selfish. It means that you're free in Christ. You're taking every opportunity to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And your goal, and this can be also interpreted as a worldly goal as well too, but it's also a goal that we all should strive for. You want to be the best person you can be. You've heard people say that. They may not use Christ in the same terminology, but your goal is always to be the best person you can be. If you're the worst person you can be, no one wants to be around you. I wouldn't want to be around someone who wants to be the worst person. 
I only want someone who wants to be the best person they can be. I only want someone, if you go to school, if you're a teacher in a classroom, you want students who want to be the best they can be. You don't want them to sit back and you know, be on their phone texting and doing all kinds of things that are, are not focusing on what's important. You don't want those kinds of students. You want those students to turn around and look exactly what the important thing is, and that's for them to get an education and to learn. I can't tell you how important it is for us as mature believers in Christ to improve our education, improve even what we have upon already. In the, way, the best way to do it is by reading scripture and looking at what the Lord says to us. Some of us have gone back to school. Some of us have taken classes because there's a need or desire to want to learn more, and there's nothing wrong with that. We need more people like that. I can't tell you how many people that we may run into in life who would just much rather kick the can down the road or just, oh, I'm out of high school. I don't need to do anything else. I don't need to learn anything more. Well, that's wrong. You do. It may not be in a classroom. It may be in a trade. It may be in other areas where you can, you're using your talents, your gifts, and your abilities to be able to be the best person you can be. And by sitting on your butt all the time, you're not going to do that. You're going to not achieve and be the best person you can be. That's not being mature. That's immaturity. And unfortunately, we have a lot of people out there right now who frankly get involved in things and do things. They don't even know what they're getting involved in. You know why? Because they're not taking the time to educate themselves. So we need to understand that as mature believers in Jesus Christ, we have a responsibility to educate ourselves with God's word, trust in his word, speak, let his word speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit, and be obedient to his word. That's how we mature. That's how we get better. That's how we can be the best person that we can be. Amen and amen. And amen a million times because that's exactly what we need to be doing as individuals. We need to make sure that we're maturing in these ways. So when we go back to the passage, uh, verse 21 of Philippians chapter 3. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. Now, what does that mean? Paul is giving you a glimpse of what we are look, to look forward to when it comes to this transformation. And we have talked before about how our bodies break down as we get older. And what we used to be able to do in our 30s and 40s like roller skating, for example. Let's just put that out as an example. The things that we used to do when we were in our 30s and 40s, maybe even our 20s, maybe our 40s might have been kind of, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> there are certain things that we just can't do now when we're in our 50s and 60s. Um, we have to be careful. We have to be careful about how we do things, even when we're exercising or roller skating or whatever it is. And, and uh, my bride knows exactly what I'm talking about because we look at each other and and, and kind of acknowledge those things. But we need to understand that our bodies are breaking down. So what do we have to look forward to? Again, look at it again in verse 21. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. Jesus Christ will turn us into new people, new bodies. We will have a new likeness of his that by the power of him and, and transforming our body into a glorious body is exactly what we want. So this is part of the goal that we're striving for. Now, again, I'm going to reiterate this one more time. We already have 
if we trust in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we already have fellowship with him. We already have this relationship with him that will span beyond life here on earth and go into eternity. But there are certain things that we still need to keep doing and understanding that Christ is challenging us to live not as slugs, but as people who are servants. Amen? We are servants. We are living as servants. And so this is a life of service that we have now, and that's where that responsibility is. So let's look one more time at verse 1 in chapter 4. It literally is right here uh, at the end of the passage. Uh, chapter 4, Philippians 4, 1. So then, my dearly loved and longed-for brothers and sisters, my joy and crown, in this manner, stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. How do we stand firm in the Lord? We do exactly the things that were just talked about in verses 20 and 21 of chapter 3. We stand firm by keeping our eyes on Jesus Christ. We're remembering that this world that we live in is not our final destination. It's our temporary residence. It is our place where we're, being, we're, we're put right now for the sake of, frankly, reaching others for Christ, speaking about Christ, speaking people to, about Christ, speaking people and, and leading them to Christ. That is what our primary responsibility is, knowing that at the end of it all, we are to glorify God with our presence, glorify God in what we do, glorify God with our words, glorify God with our speech, glorify God with our attitudes, all of those things we're doing to make sure that we are focusing on Jesus Christ and we're standing firm by resisting those things that will pull us away from this effort. We are resisting the negative influences of temptation, of false teaching, or persecution. Persecution will make you, um, for those who want to try to intimidate you, they'll try to shut you up. Well, you're bigger than all that in Jesus Christ. If you truly love the Lord, you're not going to be silent. You're going to focus on what he would have you to say. And it does require perseverance. How many of you have had to persevere the last few months? Amen? Perseverance comes in all different kinds of forms. And there's all different kinds of challenges. And we need to persevere. We don't. We cannot lose heart. We cannot give up. God is promising to us strength in character. Strength in character. Strength of character in being able to carry out these very things in pressing on towards the goal. No question about it, we have an opposition. We face opposition all the time. We are living in the domain of satan's domain where there's opposition and so based upon all of these things we need to recognize that in order to overcome this opposition we have to do what be with christ serve the lord jesus christ allow the spirit to guide us in our decision making allow the spirit to guide us in our speech allow the spirit to strengthen us allow ourselves to be teachable people to be able to learn and grow and mature in our faith. And that is what Paul is trying to teach us here in this passage. And you know, sometimes when I read these things that Paul writes, Paul is trying to encourage himself too. Remember, he's in prison. He knows what his end is going to be. He knows that he probably will not get out. 
he probably will not be able to escape um, the punishment that he's going to receive. But that's not changing his resolve to not only bolster himself up, uh, continue to mature in Christ, and also speak about doing the same thing to the Philippians as well, too, in that letter that he's writing to them. And he's warning us in the process also to know who the people are in your life that are going to be helpful for you and those people who are not going to be helpful for you, who have those hearts of stone, who are turned away from Christ, who aren't following Christ, who are kind of you know, tiptoeing around the old idea of following the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to be very cautious of those individuals as well, too. It doesn't mean you don't speak to them anymore. It doesn't mean that you don't pray for those people. You should be doing that. That's a mature believer. A mature believer prays for enemies. A mature believer prays for those people who have hurt them in the past. A mature believer forgives those individuals who have hurt you in the past. Those are tough words, but those are true words. Because that's exactly what Jesus Christ did when he was being nailed on the cross. Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. That's exactly how we need to be in our approach when it comes to looking to the Lord Jesus Christ and dealing with our enemies. So that's something that's important for us to see. Amen? Let's close out in prayer and we'll do some final announcements. Father, Lord, we just thank you um, just for this time that you've given us to sit quietly and hear you speak to us. We thank you for your loving presence, Lord. We thank you for the reminders. We thank you for the encouragement. We thank you for your strength. It only comes from you through the power of the Spirit. We thank you for indwelling, the indwelling that you give to us. Lord, we could not do any of this without you, without your power, without your ability. And Lord, help us to continue to grow and mature in our faith. Help us to grow and mature in our resolve. Help us to grow and mature as we serve you before others. Help us to remember to be the best people that we can be. And we're doing so not for our own pride, but for service of you, that you will be glorified in all these things. We thank you for all these reminders. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Um, it's a good thing I remembered to pray again because I, I forgot to pray at the beginning, but that's how it goes. But I appreciate you guys um, allowing me to speak. The, the Holy Spirit is very good. He sometimes gives you words that you just don't know uh, are going to come out, but it's just so wonderful when it happens. So as a brief reminder, uh, we will be heading to the worship service in Akron, and we will be live streaming that as well too. Uh, I'll be bringing the message today. And uh, it is a message based upon Independence Day, uh, but we're going to focus on independence, but we're also going to be focusing on independence from sin, uh, which will be the message uh, today, which actually ties in very nicely to what we've just talked about uh, here in Philippians. Um, it's amazing how God works, and this is something I couldn't have planned uh, any better. Um, a reminder about Gus's surgery, it will be this coming Thursday, July 9th, not tomorrow. So please pray uh, accordingly and keep him in prayer. Um, um, I'm going to trust that uh, the Lord's going to take care of our, our pastor and take care of him well. Um, and we'll make the announcement again about communion 
another time. We're going to be doing that first Sunday in August where you're going to bring your own condiments, bring your own juice, uh, bring your own uh, crackers for communion in August. That will be as we get closer to that. August is coming soon. Uh, Believe it or not, it's July already. And go figure. So with that in mind, we're going to sign off here and head down to Akron. Uh, Try to conserve my voice uh, for the message today. But I thank all of you for being here today. Uh, Thank you for being here. And we we will be back here again next week, uh, continuing in the Philippians study as well, too. Uh, God bless you. And uh, we just thanks for being here. We'll see you online in a little bit. uh, And then we'll see you next time when it comes to Sunday School next week. Thanks again.